game. Blouses. Gallon Chuck. Disaster. Afrogetti. Disaster. Well, I mean, I'm no doctor. We now join America's most popular show, All you got? In Progress. Everybody loves... Mitch and Sean, you guys are the greatest <laughs> duo. Fantastic. That team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Sean, welcome to another edition of the Post Game Pints podcast. My name's Mitch Gallo. That's Sean Campbell. We got a lot to get to coming up on the show. We'll talk about who will lead the Habs in points, who's going to lead the NHL in points, and also Pacioretty on the move. But first, we talk beer. I love talking beer first. It's one of my favorite things to do is to talk beer right here on the Post Game Pints podcast. Brought to you by LaBrosse Brewery, labrosse.com. Check it out, 133 LaBrosse in Point Claire. And Mitch, I know that you're excited for the Angry Gallo Ale. I'm excited for the Campbell play-by-play IPA. And uh, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a little gold digger. Yes, the gold digger. Did you know, did, did you know a couple gold diggers in your life? <laughs> uh fortunately no because i oh. don't have any money i i i met a couple of people who thought i had money oh yeah yeah it's the mustache people I think i have money because of the mustache i don't know ba- ba- based on how you live i don't know what would have given them that impression <laughs> all right mitch you want to start with the uh montreal canadians a little bit sure let's do it all right who will lead the Montreal Canadiens scoring? I'll let you go first. I'll go somewhere else. You, I will not choose whoever you choose. But whoever you choose, I'm going to choose somebody else, and I want to be right. All right. But I'm you going get- to take uh, – you know, I know people love young players. They love prospects. They like hoping that these young guys are going to succeed. I think it's asking way too much for Nick Suzuki to lead the Canadians in scoring in only his second season in the league. So I'm not going to go with Nick Suzuki. Sean, I'm going to go with the guy – I think it's favored. I'm going to go with the guy who led them in points last year. I'm going to go with the guy who everyone always seems to forget about. I'm going to go with Thomas Tatar. Hold on. No, 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 no. You didn't say it right. Thomas Tatar. I'm going to go with Thomas Tatar. I'm going to go with Tatar. He's going to play on what should be the Canadians' top line. He's going to get his power play time. And you know what? Even if he doesn't end up leading them in scoring, I know he's going to be around the top because this is a player who every year he puts up the same statistics. So if he does it once again, I'll say that he is the one that leads the Montreal Canadiens in scoring. You know, and, and I think the fact that the Canadiens have added some depth and he's not going to be relied on to be the guy offensively, that's actually going to take some of the pressure and burden off of his shoulders and even going to help him put up better statistics than maybe a year ago. 
Okay. So I want to give you a thumbs up. I love the Thomas Tatar answer. I'm glad you didn't go Nick Suzuki because I really wanted Nick Suzuki. My answer is Nick Suzuki. And I think Nick Suzuki could possibly get 56 points in 56 games. You know how I feel about Nick Suzuki. But I want to give so much love to Thomas Tatar. One, because he gets no love. I think the Canadians need him. I want the Canadians to re-sign him. I think that he could be here a long time. And shout out to what Thomas Tatar is doing with the Boys and Girls Club at the Dawson Center. Yeah. I, I know you know the Dawson Center. You've, you've boxed. You've wrestled there. My kids go there in the summer. So shout out to what Thomas Tatar is doing with the Boys and Girls Club at Dawson. I, where I'm living right now, Dawson's right there. It's down the street. I know the effect it has on this community. And I love that he had a press conference in this past week about it and what he's doing in the community. He has less than a year left in his contract. People are trading him away, getting rid of Thomas Tatar. I hope he leads the team in scoring. I, Mitch, I want you to be right. I am such a Thomas Tatar fan. I, every video I see of the Canadians and the locker room, Thomas Tatar looks to be the funniest guy, the guy that appreciates everybody. I, I am all in on Thomas Tatar. But the answer is Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki should lead this team in scoring. I hope he does. I hope Nick Suzuki has 56 points in 56 games. That's a lot, but I think he has that much talent. You know that I, I think triple digits on an 82-game schedule. I've said that before. I'm not hiding anything behind that. I don't think he's ready yet, but I think he has that potential. So I'm going Nick Suzuki leading the Canadian scoring. That's my All answer. Right. All right, Sean, our next topic is who will lead the NHL in scoring? And let's do ourselves a favor. We're going to eliminate Connor McDavid. That's okay. It wasn't my answer. My answer is Nathan McKinnon. I'm going Nathan McKinnon in the Colorado Avalanche, and I think Nathan McKinnon is that player. Look, I love Connor McDavid. I could watch Connor McDavid. He could do everything. And he's likely to going to lead the league in scoring. But I also think that Connor McDavid's in a very tough division where Colorado – might be in a division with teams that might get beat up a little bit. And you think about Arizona, you think about San Jose, like the realignment in the NHL. Connor McDavid just might just beat up on some crappy and shitty teams. And I think Connor McDavid's going to lead the league in scoring. 56 games, if that's the number that they're going to go with, give me 70 points. 70 points for Connor McDavid to lead, uh, not Connor McDavid, uh, Nathan McKinnon to lead the league in scoring. I'm going to go 70 points. It doesn't seem like a lot, but in 56 games, it might be a lot. I think that's a good number. I think it'll be tougher in some other divisions, but I think in that Western Conference, there's some teams that can be beat up a little bit. So I'm going to go with uh, Nathan McKinnon. All right. You know, I love where you're going with this thought process of weaker divisions and looking at teams that might beat up on some opponents, which is why, Sean, I'm going to say – the guy who leads the NHL in scoring is the guy who led the NHL in scoring during the playoffs. I'm going to go with Nikita Kucherov. I think good answer. Good answer. I'm, I don't want to cut you off, but I'm just going to say that's a really good answer. People just overlook him. The guy got 128 points just a couple of years ago. Yeah, well, he won the scoring title two years ago, and he won the playoff scoring this past season. So consistency is right there with Nikita Kucherov. And much like your McKinnon answer, I think Tampa Bay is going to beat up on some of the teams that have put, been put in the division that they're in. 
Uh, obviously, his team is strong. They have one of the best power plays in the league. They whip the puck around. Even if they lose a couple players off their roster, I think uh, they are easily the winners of that division. And Nikita Kucherov, he knows how to put up points. Yeah, look, I know we're getting the uh, news of the divisions and, and coming in, but uh, I like your Kucherov answer. I, I really like my McKinnon answer, but I know you said we're not allowed to answer McDavid. Even if McDavid, I was going to answer McKinnon. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you had McDavid, would you answer McDavid or would you answer Kucherov? I'd answer McDavid. Okay. So we should do a McKinnon, McKinnon McDavid bet. I'm good with that. Okay, why don't we find a longer-term bet than that? We'll have time to find that. But we do need to find a bet before next episode for who's right. chugging the beer in the intro. All right. Probably find it. We'll have to find a football game this weekend. I guess so. All right. Uh, how about Monday Night Football? Whoever's playing Monday Night Football. We'll figure out Monday Night Football. The, episode 11 gets released on Monday. We'll do Monday Night Football. Whoever wins Monday Night Football, I'll let you choose first. I'll take I want to say – I want to say – Monday night football is Baltimore, Cleveland. <laughs> I love that we don't even know who's on Monday night football. I'll, I'm, I'll I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure. I, like, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it's Baltimore, Cleveland. And if that's the case, Sean, I'll take Cleveland. All right. I'll, I'll let you know exactly who it is. It is? You're taking Cleveland? Damn, I want Cleveland. I'll take the Ravens. That's fine. But one beer. I'm not giving you two to one. Off. Okay. That's fine. Okay. I'll take the Ravens. You get Browns. You know I. You know how I feel about the Browns. You know in our fantasy football, which I finished first, you finished second. I took both Cleveland Browns running backs. I use both Chubb and Hunt every week, and I won the f- football. It's a good way of not getting frustrated, that's for sure. Yeah, because when Chubb was out, I just used Hunt. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Max Pacioretty, Mitch, is going to be on the trade deadline. Like, Max, Max, is, is Pacioretty going anywhere? What's happening with Vegas? Well, they're going to have to make some uh, moves to get uh, cap compliant. I think they probably would like to move Marc-Andre Fleury, but probably harder to find uh, takers there. So it comes down to uh, trying to move Pacioretty or Jonathan Marcheseau, or I guess Alec Martinez. But again, with Martinez, I think he's a guy too that it's going to be harder to find a taker for. Max Pacioretty is a really good player. Um, The problem is the cap is flat. Teams have already made their off-season moves. Other teams like Tampa Bay are trying to unload players. There's guys in free agency available like Mike Hoffman that do something similar to what Pacioretty does. I think it's probably going to be hard to trade Pacioretty considering he has movement protection. They're probably going to have to swing the pot if they're going to make a, a Max Pacioretty trade and trade him somewhere where they probably don't want to trade him. They're exploring their options right now. His name has been out there a lot, Sean. So uh, when, when there's smoke, there's fire. And I'd be surprised if we saw Patch already back with the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm just curious to see how they make it work to get him off their salary cap. Yeah, $7 million, Look, you, you know how I feel about Max Patch already. I, I know he's a consensus 30-goal scorer, but $7 million is a lot for a certain player. And I know that they're under the cap. So they're like, well, maybe we can get 25 goals from a $5 million player. That's kind of – I think that's the thought process that they're thinking. I mean, honestly, Mitch, I, I know that I gave you 100% praise for Thomas Tatar. But if you were the Canadians, would you trade Thomas Tatar straight up for Max Pacioretty? I would not. The $4.8 million for $7 million? Uh, I, I would not. I'd rather – for, for 25 goals for 35 goals. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not, making, I'm not making that move. 
I think that, you know, Thomas Tatar is pretty consistent in what he's going to give you. Thomas Tatar's uh, contract is also over at the end of the season, which mm-hmm. gives you flexibility. Sean, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to put any panic in people that cheer for the Canadians, but you look at things and, well, Kakanyemi's entry-level deal will be up at the end of the season. You know, Armia is going to be a free agent. The Canadians, they have to be cautious with their money. And taking uh, Pacioretty, who's on a long-term deal, even if he gives you a few more goals, I think the flexibility of Tatar and knowing what he's going to give you this season, I, I wouldn't make that move. And I like Pacioretty. Uh, by the way, I love that you analytically broke that down, knowing that that would never happen ever, and and it's not even plausible. I just threw that out as a joke, and then you broke it down like, oh, let's be all serious and stuff. You went all robot mode there on me. I was like, oh, let's trade Tatar for Pacioretty. You're like, no, that can't happen. Sorry. No, you, I, asked me if, you asked me if I would. That's I why I went analytical I'm, on you. Mitch, I'm joking around. Come on. It's the Post Game Pints podcast here. It's fucking Campbell and Gallup. I, I've been swearing too much on this podcast, haven't I? Yeah, what's been going on with you these last couple episodes? You like the editor headlines in episode 11. No, 10. What episode are we now? This is 11, Sean. Dave! Where's Dave? Learn, learn Dave. how to count. I don't know how to count. Campbell lost count. I'm just writing that down. Uh, Mitch, Post Game Pines podcast brought to you by LaBrosse Brewery. And I want to give a big shout out to LaBrosse Brewery at labrosse.com. 133 LaBrosse in Point Claire. Check them out. Title sponsor. They are taking the time to make a Campbell play-by-play IPA and an angry Gallo ale. And it's going to be coming to LaBrosse Brewery very soon, December 23rd. By the way, buy more Campbell play-by-play. Then you buy some more Angry Gallo. I want you to do that. But, Mitch, you and I have been talking about this beer the whole time. But you and I are not the ones that made the beer. Look, we went in, mixed a couple hops and malts and stirred a couple things and boiled some water. But we aren't the ones that actually make the beer, Mitch. We're not the ones. You didn't, you didn't boil the water either. No, I didn't boil the water. I saw it boil. I saw it boil. I, I know I, I did that. But we have to bring in the actual biochemist. I actually don't even know his last name. I just know he's the biochemist. He's the man that runs the place down there. I know that we had the girl that runs the face and the place with Captain, but it's uh, Dan, Dan from LaBrosse. Dan, I don't even know your last name. I just know that you run the show. How are you doing, Dan? Welcome to the Post Game Finds podcast. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Hey, man. Look, I do think I have an unfair advantage in this whole thing because you're helping make the Campbell play-by-play IPA and the Angry Gale, Angry Gallo Ale. But Gal, you've known Gallo a while. Gallo used to coach you in hockey. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think it was Pee Wee or Bantam Gallo coached me. Up until then, I was a sure shot to hit the NHL, but <laughs> one year under him. You, you ruined it, Gallo. You ruined hey, it. hey, Campbell, I'm, I'm going to take credit. I'm going to say I even taught him to chirp. <laughs> okay, that's good. As long as you chirp try to chirp. Strong. That's right. Speaking of chirp games, Dan, I got to know, who worked harder on their beer? Now, I'll say this. Gallo showed up. He looked sharp. He had nice shoes, nice shirt, but he wasn't ready to work. He had <laughs> Dave behind the scenes doing most of the heavy lifting for him. You say that Dave did all the work for the angry Gallo ale? Not all, but behind the scenes, he was doing all the lifting. Okay, because I, I, I showed up, 
before you. And yeah. then I know I left, but I came back and then worked again. Yeah. Yeah. You were there all day. I think if the beer comes out good, you can take at least 51% of the credit. Okay. If it comes out bad, then it's, then it's on me too. All right. So, so Dan, we have you on here because this is such a great promotion by LaBrosse. And, and look, Gal and I, we could talk about our beer and whatever you want, but why don't you tell us a little bit about a beer that we're making? Tell us about, I'm going to ask you because I'm, I'm a good sport. What is the Angry Gallo Ale? What, what did you do? How did you put this together? You're the biochemist, Dan, at LaBrosse Brewery. Tell us a little bit about the Angry Gallo Ale. So Gallo told us um, his favorite beer was Newcastle, and then he tried our English Bitterman, uh, which I said was a similar beer and really enjoyed it. Uh, so we're doing something along those styles with his beer. It's going to be a brown ale with some coffee in it. So really, it's a, a malt-forward beer, uh, not too sweet, not too bitter, with a nice little coffee flavor at the end. I'm, uh, I'm salivating just thinking about how it's going to turn out, because what you just described sounds amazing. What about, uh, what about the Campbell Play-By-Play -play IPA? I know uh, IPAs tend to be a little bit stronger, but Campbell keeps telling me not to worry about that. Yeah, so Campbell's a big fan of our Nor'easter, so we tried to make a, an IPA for him that wasn't, you know, similar flavors to Nor'easter, but something that you can have play by play. You can sit down and drink it all game long. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Nor'easter is 7.1%, so a couple of those will catch up with you. So we brought the alcohol down, but hopefully the, the same flavor for the play by play. I've had a couple of those tonight there, Dan, so just so you know. Uh, so, so Dan, when we had that conversation, when we were talking about the uh, Campbell play-by-play, -play, uh, what was the word that we used? Poundable, right? Yeah, poundable. <laughs> we want to be able to... Them, the, the goal of both of them is to make them both very, like, poundable. So neither one will be too sweet or too bitter. So, uh, Dan, tell us now, we both were in in the last uh, week or so, week to 10 days. What is happening right now as we speak with the beers and why does this process uh, take up until December 23rd on our uh, launch date? So you guys were in for the brew days. So what you were doing um, was mixing the malt with the water. That breaks down uh, the starch in the malt and the sugar, which we boil to kill everything. We add the hops. Hops, you can kind of think of them like tea. You add them at the beginning of your boil, you get a lot of bitter flavors out of them. Add them at the end, you get some nice aromatic flavors. Uh, but once you guys left, we were pumping it into the fermenter and adding the yeast. And the yeast is really, you know, it's kind of a joke amongst brewers that the yeast make the beer, not the brewers. Uh, so they're fermenting all those sugars, uh, turning into alcohol and CO2. Um, with the Angry Gallo Ale, we're going to dump some coffee in that fermenter. And for the the play-by-play -play IPA, we're going to dump a whole, you know, a couple bags of hops in to give it some really nice flavor. Uh, look, Dan, this is this is awesome. I know that uh, Gallo and I are excited. Look, you make different beers all the time, and if you check out the the catalog at labrosse.com, it's just so wide of the stouts, the ales, the IPAs. I, I know that we're, you're on this podcast right now, but how excited are you for these two beers that we just made? I'm excited for any new beer, but these two, um, again, like the Nor'easter, we've, 
been making that beer for a while, so it's kind of nice to, to make an IPA along the same lines, but have a chance to change up a few things. Uh, and this is actually the first brown ale that Labrest is doing, so as uh, nervous, excited about that one, you know. <laughs> Hopefully, it turns out the way we want it to. What's uh, all right? Before we let you go, what is your favorite concoction? What's your favorite beer that you've created? So actually, on Saturday. Uh, the 12th, we're going to be releasing another Barley TA, this time with raspberries in it. I think I gave both you guys a quick taste of it. Yes. Um, and I'm really excited for that one. Off the bright tank, it's tasting amazing. We're going to throw it in cans Friday, release it Saturday, and I'm, uh, I'm sure it's going to be great. Dan, I really appreciate you uh, doing the actual legwork on our beer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know for social media, it looked like I did all the work. And for social media, it looked like Gallo did all the work. I did actually take a picture of you under the microscope looking at the yeast. Mitch did none of that. I, in my social media posts, I had a picture of you actually working hard. But we know making the Campbell play-by-play -play and the Angry Gale, uh, Gallo Ale, uh, that you were the one that actually did all the hard work. So one, I think for both of us, we want to thank you. And it's, we're, we're super excited for this. And, and we're glad you were able to join us here on the Post Game Pints podcast. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Dan. Cheers. Oh, what do you got? What do you got there? I got a, a growler of Gold Digger going oh, on. Oh, nice. I got, I got the Gold Digger, too. We're all drinking Gold Digger. <laughs> Look at that. Wow. Cheers. Cheers, Thanks Dan. You guys. I know. Awesome working with you, Dan. And I know that as I take a sip, that uh, we're excited for this to come out. December 23rd, check it out. 133 LaBrosse in Point Claire, labrosse.com. Mitch and I are going to be pumping this out and making sure you get, get there and check it out. But when you really like the beer, when you like the Campbell play-by-play -play IPA, when you like the Angry Gallo Ale, yeah, we did a little bit of work, but all the work actually went to Dan. So thanks, Dan. Really appreciate it. So good, Mitch. I, I know that you're excited. I'm excited. Uh, I know that there's, there's, I mean, they didn't make like a case. They didn't make like two cases. We need you to show up and just buy it out. And by the way, please buy out the Campbell before the gallop. I hope, uh, I hope it's a tie, Sean. I hope they both sell out at the exact same time. And I hope everybody that goes in buys an equal amount of Campbell play-by-play -play IPA and the Gallo Angry uh, Ale. Oh, well, look, I'll tell you, I want you to buy because it comes in packs of four, buy three and one, buy three Campbells and one Gallo. <laughs> but uh, Gallo, tell us a little bit about the t-shirt deal that they're doing, because I know that you know a little bit more about it than I do. Yeah, well, I can't say I know all that much about the t-shirts, but they're yeah. going to be like... Dave? Um, Dave? 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 From, from what I understand, they're going to be like, um, like hockey jersey t-shirts with numbers and our names, Campbell and Gallo, on the back. It'll be a limited edition, 20 of uh, each jersey. And we're thinking that uh, every jersey is going to have uh, a number on the back, obviously. And there's going to be a draw for a free case of beer um, with one of the numbers uh, or one of the numbers on each set of the jerseys. So uh, that's what we're looking forward to with uh, the Camel and Gallo uh, logo of the, uh, of the beer in front of the T-shirt. And by the way, if you haven't seen the logos beautiful yeah. yeah they're nice they're and they're on both our social media accounts on uh on both uh, facebook 
uh, Instagram and actually on Twitter as well. So uh, not hard to find the logos. I'm, I'm really looking forward to December 23rd when this is put into motion. Uh, by the way, that is uh, Mitch. You have the same uh, Instagram and Twitter, Mitch Y Gallo. I'm Sean R. Campbell. For some reason, we put our middle initial in there. Your middle initial. Why? Why? Why you? Why's your middle name start with Y, Mitch? Uh, my middle name uh, doesn't start with Y. My middle name is Vincent. Okay, Mitch V. Gallo. No, Mitchy Gallo just sounds so much better. That's and what it's, I'm talking uh, about. R. Campbell. S. E. A. N. R. Campbell. Mitch Y. Gallo. Uh, check it out. Instagram on faith on on Twitter. Both our accounts are the same. Uh, and uh, you will be able to see pictures of the logos. It's going to be a lot of fun. A little, uh, you know, a little competition here. I hope my family shows up a little bit more than yours. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, Mitch, uh, quickly, uh, I, I, I do want to get into a classic sports argument. All right, let's do it. Uh, who's going to be the worst team in the NHL? <laughs> it's a 56 the game team season. in the NHL. What's that? Who's going to be the worst team? 56 games. Worst team in the NHL. Let's go. Let's debate. Are, are, we talk about the best. Let's talk about the worst. Are we, uh, are we eliminating any teams off the bat? No, 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 no. Worst team in the NHL. Who's going to be the worst team? The worst team in the NHL, Sean, is going to be the Arizona Coyotes. The Arizona Coyotes are a dumpster fire both on and off the ice. They're in salary cap purgatory. They have no star power. They have one good player. They don't have goaltending. They don't have picks. They don't have much as far as prospects outside of Barrett Hayden. That is a team that is going to go through some very dark times. They just made a change at general manager. It's going to take time for him to try to build something up. Pierre Maguire told Melnick in the afternoon on TSN 690 that he thinks that's a seven-year project to fix the Arizona Coyotes, Ooh. considering where they are right now with their cap, their picks, and their prospects. I think Arizona might not make it to the 2021-2022 uh, season. That's how bad I think they are. They're brutal, Sean. Just brutal. Okay, okay. look, look. there's two things that I, I like. If I'm looking at the 2021 season – I don't care about their prospects. I don't care about their draft picks because that's not going to make an effect. Well, prospects make the NHL sometimes and they can. No, no. I, I understand that maybe in 2023, they might be the worst because they have no prospects. They have no pool and they need seven years to re get that, uh, to get that up. I understand what you're saying, but when it comes to this season, I think the worst team in the national hockey league, you know how much I love to make fun of the Ottawa senators. I actually think they're too good to be the worst team. It's going to be the Detroit Red Wings. The Detroit Red Wings last year were the worst team, not even by like a smidgen, by like this much. And they really didn't do anything in the offseason. They lost some goaltending. Uh, the Ottawa Senators actually picked up some Dadanoff, Galchenyuk. That's talented players that can play in the NHL. Detroit didn't do any of that. Detroit, yes, has a good prospect pool, and they're going to take their time, and they're going to gradually get up. But this year, Detroit's not going to be any good. They're going to be awful again, and they're going to likely get the first draft pick. They should have got Lafreniere, but they didn't get Lafreniere. It landed on the New York Rangers because it's a lottery. So they have to deal with the lottery again next year. So they even lost on that. They would have, I probably wouldn't have picked Detroit if they had Lafreniere on the team, but Detroit is the worst team in the league. Detroit by far is the worst team in the league. They have a good prospect pool. Uh, they have draft picks coming up. So I think in 2022, 2023, they'll be better than Arizona. But if you're asking me right now, 
in a 56-game season, I think Detroit's going to come dead last. Detroit's the I, worst. I, I think Detroit gets more points than Arizona. I look at, I look at Detroit. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think Detroit's a good team. But I look at the Red Wings, and I don't think Arizona has a Dylan Larkin. I don't think an, uh, Arizona has an Anthony Mantha. You know, I think Tyler Bertuzzi's a pretty good they player. Have, they have I think, I think Kessel. Kessel's a They have can Phil Kessel. In. Phil fucking Kessel. Hey, man, Kessel had like – Kessel scored like 20 goals last year. Yeah, He's fat fun. and he doesn't care anymore. He's fat and fast. Fat and fast. I'm writing that down. I'll take, uh, I'll take Dylan Larkin over Phil Kessel any day. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see what it ends up being, Detroit or Arizona, the worst. I'm team willing to I'm willing to make a bet on this one. Uh, yeah, I hope we have it. We've got a lot of bets going. I just I just want to know that I got who did I get? Ah, the Ravens. Damn it! All right, Mitch, we got to do a pop quiz before you name that podcast. Uh, by the way, Fat and Fast is a front runner for the name of that podcast. <laughs> All right, Sean, uh, you ready for your pop quiz? It was uh, one week ago, the anniversary of Ron Hextall becoming the first goaltender to ever score by shooting the puck into an empty net. Yes, he did. So I would like to know on the Post Game Pints podcast, the top five goalies in points active. Now, when I say active, just so we're clear, I'm not talking about somebody who isn't signed to a team. So Craig Anderson – is considered active. We're going to take him off the board since he's not currently signed. Okay, that's fine. As long as you give him the parameters, that's fine. Uh, so top five active in points, not just goals, just points. Just as, points. As, as goalies, right? That's right. Active in points. I believe the number one is Pecorine. Pecorine is number seven. Seventh? And you want top five. So uh, top five. Lundquist? Longfist is one. Smith. By far. By far. Smith. Smith. Mike Smith is three. Miller. Uh, Ryan Miller is not in the top ten. Carey Price. Oh, sorry. Ryan Miller's nine. He is in the okay. top ten, but he's not okay. top five. Price. He's eight. Price is only eight. Okay. So points active in the National Hockey League. Uh, Rask. Rask is six. So you just gave me nine, eight, seven, and six. And I didn't – and I got three, though, somewhere. Where did I get three? Uh, three was Mike Smith. And, by the way, Rask – Where was Lundquist again? One. Did I say Lundquist? Or did yes. I just say – You said Lundquist. So I got one. I got three. You have one, three, and five. You're looking for okay, two so, more. So I'm missing two and four? You are active. missing, yes, two and, uh, two and four, yes. I love this because I gave you a pop quiz in episode 10 about goaltenders. Um, so active goaltenders, and yet, like Craig Smith, uh, Craig Anderson doesn't work, doesn't count. So points of goaltenders. So one, I said Lundqvist. Give me the one, three, and five that I gave again. You gave like me this. one, Lundqvist, three, Smith. And five, Rask. Quick? Quick is two. Okay. So now I just need four? Yes. Four would be 
If I look around that, flurry. Flurry is four. Yeah, there you go. Ah, I got it. Five. Ah, that was easy. It was Sean. Yeah. You got it, but man, that was sloppy. It was very sloppy. Look, by the way, just so everybody knows that listens to the Post Game Pines podcast, Mondays are much sloppier than Fridays. <laughs> if you want to do some math on that one. I wonder why. Let's name that podcast, bitch. Uh, what was the fat thing you had? I said uh, fat and fast, or you want to do sloppy Mondays? Uh, I'm good with sloppy Mondays. All right, Dave, you get to decide. Dave! 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 Uh, good times. Cheers, Mitch. Cheers, Sean. Thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you to LaBros. Thank you to Dave. 32 for putting it all together. And Sean? What about, what about Dan for coming on the show and talking about how much harder I work than you did? By the way, Oblinus. I worked hard enough to know his last name. He's a biochemist. He doesn't need to know his last name. And Sean? Thank you. Oh, thank you, Mitch. Well, how's that for your entertainment value? They've done their job very, very well. No, 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 no. Come on. VBF.